going to be in Mark chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at the temptation of Jesus. Now, as we think about this scene and what takes place there, uh, this is going to be one of the most monumental and, and, and mysterious spiritual battles of all time. Uh, the, the personal confrontation between Jesus and, and Satan. And now, you would think that uh, Jesus would have this uh, uh, awesome inauguration into the ministry. I mean, the, the dove has just ascended down out of heaven. The Spirit has come upon Jesus. He is ready to start his earthly ministry. The Father says, this is my Son who I am well pleased. Uh, and so he's just going to dig right into the ministry, and he's going to start healing people, and, and awesome things are going to happen. But this is not the case. You know, when we find uh, our, ourselves in a spiritual high, uh, I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been to a conference, if you've been to, um, you know, one of the CIY moves with the youth, uh, the youth themselves, they come back, they're on a spiritual high. You've been to one of the ladies' programs. I, I mean, you've just really been in it. You've been on a mission trip, and you're just, you're ready to conquer the world, and you have that spiritual high, but one of the things that we're always told and we tell that our youth and other people that, that have went on one of those uh, type of, of um, outings is that there will be a valley, that, that, that we will come down out of that. And, and sometimes it's a real hard crash. And for Jesus, he comes out of this spiritual high of being baptized and ready to start his ministry and boom, Temptation is going to hit him. Now, all of us are going to deal with temptation. Temptation is something that we will all deal with. It is a part and parcel of our spiritual battle that is raging in the universe between good and evil, between the forces of good, between the forces of Satan, and uh, of God. Now, the specific temptations that, that Satan brought against Jesus... Um, they're similar to what we're going to go through, but a little bit different. And what I want us to do this morning is to look at how uh, Satan is going to look to seek, to deceive, and to trip us up in sin. And ultimately, his goal is one, and that is to destroy us. Uh, we, we all have areas of weakness that Satan is going to try to, to trip us up in. He's going to try to take advantage of our weakness. And here's the thing. Each one of us are going to deal with, with different types of weaknesses, different types of sin, different uh, temptations that are going to come our way. Now, the passage that we're going uh, to look at shows Jesus' example of how Satan works, and even more importantly, how we can have victory the way that Jesus did over those temptations. So, as we jump in, we're going to read Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. This is what we read. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, by way of introduction, I, I want you to notice a couple of things with me. The first is when. 
When was Jesus tempted? It was immediately after his baptism. Mark's gospel tells us that immediately after his baptism, and by the way, this is one of Mark's favorite words that he uses, immediately. Uh, and, and, and he is driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now listen, you are never more vulnerable, I just talked about this, but you are never more vulnerable than when you're coming out of a great victory, which is what Jesus has just had. Now, this is good for us to note that when we're having the high times in our lives, that they're going to be followed by hard times. Triumphant times can and often are followed by troubling times. I just want to give you one quick example. We go back to the Old Testament. We go to 1 Kings chapter 18, and, and the prophet Elijah has just taken on the prophets of Baal. 450 prophets of Baal have come to Mount Carmel, and they're going to do battle. And with the help of God, Elijah is able to defeat and to destroy these prophets. But after this great spiritual high, what happens to Elijah? Well, if we keep reading, Elijah goes into this horrible depression and actually says to God, take my life. I'm ready for all of this to end. So we need to be prepared because sometimes immediately after we enjoy great blessings, we will encounter great challenges. So the when is immediately, Mark tells us. Secondly, I want you to notice the where. Where this temptation takes place, it's in the wilderness. Now the Judean wilderness, uh, it extends west from the Dead Sea almost uh, to Jerusalem. It's about 35 miles long and, and 15 miles wide. It is barren, it is desolate, the, temp the temperatures often uh, will be 120 to 125 degrees. And the people that say, oh, it's a dry heat, it doesn't matter. It's 120 degrees. That's hot. No, no, nowhere in Palestine would Jesus have been more isolated without any comfort, alone. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend 40 minutes, let alone 4 minutes, let alone 40 seconds in that type of heat. But this is very important that Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Now, 40 is something that is uh, very keen to the uh, Israelites. And so that's why I believe it was used here. The number 40 is associated with testing and preparation. Uh, Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness. Moses spent 40 years in in training. The, the spies spent 40 days in Canaan, and the Israelites heard Goliath curse God for 40 days before, Goli before David picked up his slingshot. So Jesus was isolated, and I know that many of you right now, you're feeling isolated. This pandemic time has been difficult. It's been hard on all of us. We feel alone. I don't know about you, but uh, it's been over a year since I've seen my family. And it's really hard um, to not be with them. We went home for Teresa's sister-in-law's funeral, and we were there for all of less than 24 hours. 
that it was hard to have to leave family. And I'm thankful that we have devices like this that I can still come to you on a Sunday morning even though I have to isolate myself. Well, I'm thankful that we have Zoom calls and we have FaceTime and Skype and all of these other things, but physical contact is, is hard. I mean, I don't know about you, but I miss giving hugs. I miss receiving hugs from Miss Cindy and, and from others and shaking hands. and I miss all of that. Being isolated is extremely difficult, but here's the one thing that I always want you to remember. You are never alone. You have the Spirit. As Christians, you have the Spirit with you. I find this incredibly comforting that our Lord Jesus knows what it is like to be in the wilderness. That he understands what it's like to be in desert times wilderness, barren, and dry times. So that's the when and the where. Now let's really dive into the why. Why was Jesus tempted? Now I find it interesting that Mark here, he doesn't go into the temptations of Jesus. He just says that he was tempted. And Mark says, now let's move forward. Let, let's get into the mission of Jesus. But for our purposes, I want us to jump into Matthew chapter 4 because I, I believe that understanding why Jesus was tempted and, and how that relates to us is so vitally important for us today. So let's look at, at Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So what I want us to do, I want us to dig into this temptation that Jesus goes through. And I believe there are three things that this passage reveals about the purpose of Jesus' temptation. Number one, Jesus was tempted to reveal to us who he was. Each of the three temptations Satan leveled at Jesus is related to what he had just went through. At his baptism, the dove descends and the heavens are torn open, and God says, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. This is my Son, who I am well pleased. 
Now this is important to us because this is exactly what Satan levies against Jesus and against God. Now if we jump forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, Paul declares that Jesus is the last Adam. The first Adam was the perfect man created by God and put into the Garden of Eden. The, the first Adam also faced the temptation of Satan, but the first Adam failed. And because he failed, sin entered into the world, and we've been dealing with the curse of that ever since. And with sin came death, not just physical death, but eternal separation from God. I want you to consider the contrast between Adam and Jesus. Adam was in a beautiful garden. Jesus was in the barren, forsaken desert in the wilderness. Adam ate freely of all things except for the forbidden fruit. Jesus ate nothing for 40 days. Adam failed the test. He gave into temptation and as a result plunged all of humanity into a lost and hopeless situation. Jesus was triumphant, triumphant over every temptation. In doing so, he revealed to us who he is, the one who conquered sin. You've heard me say it over and over and over again, and I want to say it again to you this morning. If you put your trust in anyone other than Jesus, in anyone other than God, they will fail you. Your parents will fail you. Your children will fail you. Your pastor will fail you. We will all fail one another. But... It is the Holy Spirit that leads us. And it is the Holy Spirit that leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted so that he could reveal to us who he was, who he is. When we read this scripture today, we know that he is the Son of God because he overcomes these temptations. He is the conquering one. So Jesus was tempted not only to reveal to us who he was, but also Jesus was tempted so that he could relate to us as who we are. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. We read, Therefore he had, to, he had to be made like his brothers in every aspect. This is Jesus. Jesus had to be made in every aspect like us, every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make pro appropriation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when, he temp he, when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He is our high priest. He has went through everything that you and I go through, yet he came out as a conqueror. And then we go a couple of chapters later to Hebrews chapter 4. I absolutely love this scripture. We read, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is our perfect high priest. 
He is able to relate to us in the trials and the temptations that we go through. Jesus came to earth willingly to take on human form. He allowed himself to go through this wilderness time that he might perfectly relate to us. So let's dig into these three temptations that Jesus goes through. The first temptation is to doubt God's provision. Look at verse 3. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now this was, in essence, a temptation to doubt God's provision. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He was absolutely hungry. I mean, I go 40 minutes and I'm hungry. I couldn't imagine going for, for 40 days without eating anything at all. Jesus most assuredly was at the point not have eaten for 40 days that if he didn't do it soon, he was surely going to die. You see, this temptation uh, then and now is to believe that God is not going to care for you. Satan wanted Jesus to believe that God had given up on him, that he wasn't really there, and so he needed to take matters into his own hands. It is often a time of great temptation when one is just tired, just plain worn out, that we're vulnerable to Satan's attacks. Yet Jesus faced this temptation with these words, and these all come out of the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, Jesus answered with scripture. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's the first temptation. Let's look at the second one. Satan tries to get Jesus to doubt his father's protection. Starting in verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Having failed to induce Jesus to use his divine powers to take care of his own personal needs, now the temptation is call upon God. Call upon your dad. Call upon your father. See if he won't protect you. If you're not going to protect yourself, surely God will protect you if you do this. If you are the son of God, prove to yourself and to the world who you really are because everybody's going to see this. I mean, the temple was constantly packed. People were passing through it as they went from one side of Jerusalem to the other. Everyone would have been there. Everyone would have seen it. So prove to yourself that he really is your dad. He is the father and prove to everyone else. Now, this is a, a quote from uh, Psalm 91, verses 11 through 12. Just again, a side note, Satan knows scripture. Satan will use it against you. So we need to make sure that we are always reading our Bibles. We are always studying God's word because Satan knows it. He actually quotes it. Now, he twists it 
And he uses these words and he twists them ever so slightly, but he knows the word of God. It, it, if you won't use your own divine power to help yourself, then let your father use his divine power to show who you really are. Now, Jesus knew that Jesus, sorry, um, lost my notes. <laughs> Jesus knew this and, and answered accordingly, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus was saying, the Father will protect me. I'm not going to do something foolish just to prove who he is. I mean, we're tempted with that a lot. Well, God, if you are who you say you are, take care of me. God, if you are who you say you are, make sure that I don't get this COVID and we don't have to go through troubling times and we don't have to do this or that. God, I know who you are, but you need to prove it to me just so I can remember. Be careful. And that's why Jesus says what he says. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. I know the Father will protect me, but I don't need to tempt him. Now we come to the third temptation, and this temptation was a temptation to doubt God's promise. Look, look at verse 8. Again, the devil took him to a, a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Notice Jesus didn't refute this. Why? Because everything belongs to Satan. Everything in this world, this, this is his realm. And we need to remember that. This is part of Satan's kingdom, perhaps indirectly, but nonetheless, this is his kingdom. Satan is the god of this world, and according to the Bible, his goal is to kill, rob, and to destroy. Satan intends to bring utter destruction to this world. But Jesus came to the world to redeem it. Jesus came to the world to set us free. And in order for him to do that, a price had to be paid. But in this last temptation of Jesus, Satan was offering him the easy way out. Satan was simply saying, hey, I'll give you everything. Just bow down and worship me. You don't need to go to the cross to have your throne. I'll give you everything. Just bow down and worship me. What, was the, what is the real basis of this temptation? Instant gratification. Don't go through the process. Don't go through the trials. Don't go through the hard times. Bypass it all. Instant gratification. It's something that we all struggle with. We live in the microwave generation. We live that we want our coffee Instantly, we don't want to have to wait on that good brewed cup of coffee. Just give it to me now. Well, we don't like to have to wait in lines at fast food restaurants. We want our food and we want it now. And we want it our way. That, that's what it's all about here. It's about instant gratification. Why do we 
Why do you submit as a servant when you could reign as king? That's what Satan was asking Jesus. What he's asking you, what he's asking me, you don't like your job? Well, just quit. There's plenty of other jobs out there. You don't like your marriage? Oh, just open up the app and, and you'll find all kinds of things. You can swipe right and left and, and you can get um, all kinds of hookups just by a, a click of the button on your phone. No one needs to know. You don't like your job? Just quit. You don't like your marriage? Just quit. Leave. Give up. That's what it's all about. Don't go through the process. Don't put in the hard work that it's going to take to make your children the children that they need to be for the future. Put in the hard work to make your marriage last. It's hard work. It's difficult, but it is worth it. Our life with Jesus is worth it. We don't need to bow down so we have instant gratification and so we, we get out of a little bit of suffering. No matter what happens, if you stay the course, you're going to be given something so great, something so much better than anything that Satan can give you and this world can give you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Be like Jesus. Read scripture. Know scripture. And hold tight. Hold firm to the word of God. And then you can say what Jesus said, be gone. Get away from me. Leave me. And that brings us to our third and final point. Jesus was tempted to reveal to us how we can be victorious in the face of temptation. Satan wanted just to give Jesus the easy way out, but but Jesus said, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the course. I'm going to stay the path because it is worth it. And every single person is worth it. And I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to do it for them. And it's going to be hurtful and it's going to be painful, but I'm going to do it for them. So here's just some practical takeaways, just some quick items that I want us to, to really dig in and to look at when Satan's attacks come our way. Temptations, they're to be expected. It's not if, but when we will be tempted. If you want to be a Christian, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to follow his word, you will be tempted. So, so expect them and, and be ready for them. and Then understand that it is not a sin to be tempted. And there are so many Christians out there that... They feel like if they're being tempted that they've done something wrong. Maybe you're sitting there right now, you're watching this, and you're going, yeah, that's me because I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed. I know that, 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 that I am, I'm a sinner. But I want you to know that it is not a sin to be tempted. Again, Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help 
in time of need. Understand it is not a sin. Hold on to your confession. Put it before his throne. And then remember that no temptation is irresistible. Oh, I've given in. I've fallen. I've sinned. God will never forgive me. Actually, that's what we talked about last week. When we talked about forgiveness and remission of sins, the reason that, that John prepared the way and, and he preached a, a, a baptism of remission of sins, of forgiveness, having them blotted out, Paul says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we will sin, and no sin in temptation is irresistible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Hold fast. Your temptation is not unique to you. We all will go through troubled times. It, it may be unique in, in one aspect, but we all sin. We all go through it. So we need to lift one another up. We need to be there for one another. And then we need to resist by turning to the Word of God. This is exactly what Jesus did. He understood the Bible. He read it. He knew it. And he was able to quote it back. So when Satan was perversing it, when Satan was twisting it, when Satan was trying to, to use it against Jesus, Jesus quoted it back against Satan. And that is what we need to do as well. Jesus didn't say, well, I, I think this is what it says. Well, Maybe this is where I need to go. No, he knew it and he quoted it. And then lastly, waiting on God's provision is always better than settling for Satan's substitutes. Waiting. Patience. Because when we do, we will receive something so great and so awesome. It is better than any of the substitutes that Satan could give us. This is what we read in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. I'm going to read out of the message. This is what it says. It says, the devil left, and in his place, angels, angels came and took care of Jesus' needs. The NIV says the angels ministered unto him. That's a word that literally means they served food to Jesus. They cared for him. They, they were there with him every step of the way. Again, I want to say this to you. You are never alone. It may feel like it. You may feel like you've been in the desert for more than 40 days. But I want you to know that, that Jesus has never left you. He has never forsaken you. You have the Holy Spirit intervening for you, and the Father loves you. He loves you so much that that was the reason that he sent his son to this earth to die in our place. We're never alone. As we bring all of this together, 
I want you to know that I, I'm not physically there with you this morning, but our elders are going to be in the back. And, and, and if you need someone to, to pray with, if, if you need someone to talk with, if you just need someone to listen to you, they're going to be in the back when we sing our, our last song as we get ready to take communion. They're there for you. If you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you need uh, to, to repent and to have forgiveness, you need to be baptized. You can talk to one of the guys. You can text me. You can call me. You can email me. We'll set up the time that we can get together. If you want to place your membership at Stafford County Christian Church, you say, hey, I'm ready to, to get on board. I want to be a part of the awesome things that are happening. I want you to know that you can do that as well. We're going to read one last scripture, and then we're going to take communion. I'm going to pray for us. If you haven't received your emblems, you can go to one of the stations in the back, and you can pick those up. And we just ask that one person from your family goes back and, and gets those, bring them back. And after I pray, you can partake of communion. I want to read from you 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we thank you so much for today and for the ability to worship you, to see that no temptation is going to overtake us if we have you at the center of our lives. To know your word. To not try to bypass what this world is going to, to put in our way. But Lord, to stay true to your word. Father, I thank you so much that we are able to worship you no matter where we're at. Whether we're there in person in church or whether we're sitting on our couch, whether we're listening as we drive down the road. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. We pray this in your son's most holy and precious name. Amen.
Travis said, we have elders in the back uh, ready to welcome you if you have a decision to make. And if you have a decision to make from home, uh, you can always email us, uh, Travis, an elder, myself, if you have a decision to make. So uh, don't keep that in. But uh, as we uh, close out this morning, uh, let us rise as we um, worship once more, standing on the promises. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. God, thank you so much uh, for your word this morning, Lord, that Travis brought us. God, I just pray, uh, Lord, that as we uh, continue to uh, deal with temptation, that we would seek your example, Lord, and uh, run to you when we uh, deal with those times of struggle, Lord. Uh, in your son, Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Go and be blessed. Amen.